Welcome to the AQ Campus Ministry Podcast. I'm Matthew Handley. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, We're continuing our series on featuring our full-time staff in the Campus Ministry Office. And today we are joined by the Aquinas College Chaplain, none other than Father Stan. Father Stan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm doing well. The The sun is out here in, in uh, the Tar Heel State, and it's uh, rather warm, which is nice. And it's beautiful here in Michigan. And our, our beautiful campus, as empty as it is, is all it needs is students. Well, that's and, good to but hear. Of, it's good. But of course, at this time, we don't need the students who are stressing over the exams. Yes, that is true. Uh, and be, be assured that all of us in the campus ministry office are praying for all the students right now who are, uh, you know, this is, a, you know, it's an interesting time. We're doing exams virtually in some cases, either oral exams or, or written projects. And uh, mm-hmm. it's different. It's different for all of us. And it's, it's different for me, too. I mean, we are continuing to have liturgies, only the context in which I am having liturgy mass is with my Dominican community. And we have Mass seven days a week. And at each of those Masses, as well as at morning prayer and evening prayer, the students at Aquinas are getting my prayers. Shout out to God. We we greatly appreciate that, Father. We really do. You guys are never far from my heart. Well, thank you again. Or my mind. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. And you are not far from ours, believe me. So today we're continuing our series, like I said in the introduction, about learning about the discernment process of our uh, full-time staff. And college, as as we all know, and those of us that are there, is is a discerning time of what are we going to do once we graduate? uh, What kind of life are we going to have afterwards? And you are the first person that we're talking to that has discerned into the religious life. And I want to ask you, I guess, to begin with that, what was your, where did the beginning to discern your your call into religious life begin? Well, I suspect that most boys, when they're in grade school, think about the possibility of being that guy standing at the altar. Um, But that normally goes away once we start to discover the fact that there are also girls in the world. (laughs) And we go through high school and we go through college and we start to develop other interests and um, move into different directions. Uh, I went through all of that until I was in college. And I went to a public high school. I went to a state university uh, graduated from high school in 1969, probably about the same time as some of your grandparents, and uh, went to the local college, State University. And while I was there, I had as a professor in the English department a Dominican sister. Now, in the early 1970s, a religious sister, known as a religious sister, uh, teaching at a state university was virtually unheard of. And she was a great teacher, a great scholar, a great advisor, 
very spiritual woman. Everyone knew that she was a sister. And I just thought that this was a terrific witness. And back at that time, and not too much different from our time, it was missionary work. Because we know that the academic atmosphere of our time is not exactly friendly to either the church or to religion in general. And I thought, this is something that is very intriguing. And I knew that somewhere in the back of my mind, having in a history class heard about these creatures called Dominicans, that there was a men's branch of the outfit. So I went to talk to her, and she wound up being my mentor through my discernment process. And that's when I started to learn about what discernment was. Uh, earlier on, Matthew, you mentioned about discerning what we're going to do. Correct. But in, but in this particular case, it was discerning who I was going to be. Hmm. And there's a spiritual component as well as the very practical, how am I going to make a living component? And how am I going to live my life a component? But it's how am I going to form myself to be who God has made me to be? One of the things I realized in the process is that God, being the sly fox he is, has given us more to work with within ourselves than we're ever possibly able to totally exploit. So the challenge is what are we going how are we going to prioritize all of those gifts? And in what way are we going to formulate them for God's service? Is it going to be in the context of married life and parenthood? Is it going to be in the context of the single life? Is it going to be in the context of priesthood, of religious life? How is it going to be played out? And so you discern, for you, it would be going into the religious life and the priesthood. And yeah. so what year did you, what year were you ordained to the priesthood? I was ordained in 1979. So last year was my 40th anniversary. Okay. And you went directly in as a Dominican? You weren't a diocesan priest or anything before that? One of the things is that there are different components that make up the different ways to live out uh, a religious life priesthood as we know it. And you have monastic life, you have active religious life, you have diocesan priesthood. And one of the things that I realized very early on is that being the oldest of eight children, I needed a community. And yeah. Yeah. the solitary life that I saw so many diocesan priests living I knew I was not strong enough to live that. I needed 
the, the guidance, the support, and the help of a community. And Dominican life was a community. It was also not monastic. So we move around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have moved around a lot. <laughs> and you, through the blessing of God, ended up at Aquinas College in Grand Rapids, and we thank God for that. Well, I thank God for that, too, because I remember very early on in my uh, ministry thinking that I I don't see myself ever doing campus ministry. But I have found, and this is my second campus ministry uh, assignment. Prior to this, I was at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. <clears throat> so I went from a state university of 50,000 to a Catholic college of 2,000. <laughs> and I described that as going from Manhattan to Mayberry. <laughs> but uh, I love Mayberry. I love the community. I love the size of Aquinas. I love the fact that you can walk through campus and see at least five people that you know, if not more. I know that I can walk from the Moose to Weggy and count on it's taking at least 20 minutes because there are going to be people to talk to. <laughs> this and is very true. And if it's Dr. Marco, it's going to be 45. <laughs> this is also very true, as anyone who's had class with him or has had a conversation with him is well aware. So tell me yeah. a little bit about your discernment into doing that first campus ministry job. How was that offered to you, and why did you say yes? Well, it was offered in the context of the vow of obedience. I was asked by my provincial because our province had a, an opportunity to assume responsibility for the campus ministry at Indiana University. So we were forming a new community. And my provincial asked me. And I, out of a sense of obedience, not grudgingly in any way, but this was in 2005. So I would have been 53 years old then. Okay, do the math. I'm 68 now. Uh, And I was ready for a new adventure. I was ready to take on the opportunity of living with and working with and serving a new generation. And it has been wonderfully challenging in a, in a most positive way. And it's brought me life like I'd never known possible and challenges. I guess I have a question, and this may be for other people that have thought about or, or wondered about, you know, the different religious orders. How difficult is it sometimes to follow that call of obedience? Obedience is usually the, um, the most difficult for some people. Of course, with everybody, it's different. In this highly sexually charged environment, a lot of people might think celibacy is the most difficult. Um, Or in our inquisitive culture, that poverty would be the most difficult. 
but obedience is turning one's will over to God in the context of the community. And it doesn't mean blindly saying yes to something when you're asked to do it. Obedience coming from the Latin roots of ab audire, meaning to listen, means to engage in a conversation and really to listen to what's being asked and why. The community tells you why they see in you the attributes that are necessary for this particular ministry. So it's a conversation. Okay. So when you, you went on to Indiana University and were helping out with the campus ministry there, and eventually you ended up at Aquinas College. How did that transition take place? Well, that transition took place in the context of a sabbatical that I had between my uh, time in Bloomington and my time here in Grand Rapids. Um, Aquinas and in general, and the president, uh, Juan Oliveras in particular at that time, was committed to finding a priest to serve as chaplain because Aquinas had gone for 10 years without a full-time priest chaplain, which meant that the liturgical life was somewhat, um, shall we say, uh, inconsistent. Mm. There was there was always a priest to say the Mass, but the stability of a priest and the ability to make a relationship with a priest, for better or for worse, because I'm not saying that everybody fell in love with me or is <laughs> in love with me, um, is true. But uh, that sense of ministerial relationship is very important. And it's part of what the Catholic Church is all about ministerially. So I was on sabbatical. And I was sitting in a room in a priory in St. Louis when I got a phone call from Juan Oliveras asking me if I would consider the position of chaplain at Aquinas College. And I came for a site visit. I was very impressed. I came back for interviews. And ultimately, I was offered the position. Did that take any, um, I guess, I don't want to say political finagling, but what was the role of the, of the provincial and, and the order in that decision, too? Um, the the uh, the provincial in in particular was my immediate superior, and he was very encouraging because um, part of it is that we wanted to establish more of a presence in Michigan, particularly in Grand Rapids, and specifically with the Grand Rapids Dominican Sisters. So this was going to take care of of all of those things. Mm -hmm. Plus, at the same time, 
there had been a request from the Bishop of Grand Rapids for a canon lawyer. And we have had a canon lawyer at that time who was in a position and ready to move. So he and I moved to Grand Rapids together so that we would be able to live in community. Mm -hmm. Community is one of the fundamental aspects of our life. We don't so, like having our men living alone. Yes. So you're at Grand Rapids. You're, you've been here at Aquinas College uh, since then. I guess we're getting ready. We're running low on time, so we need to be closing out here. Do you have any words of encouragement for anyone who is going through that discernment process right now, either into the religious life or otherwise? Talk. Don't be ashamed to talk. Talk to people who know you. Talk to people you trust. Talk to people who are going to challenge you, who are going to um, really ask you a lot of the right questions. Talk to people who are your own age. Talk to people who are older. Talk, find your wisdom figures and talk to them. Very good I, I advice. Found, I found that talking is the, the most important part of discernment. Well, that's very good advice, and Talk we appreciate you handling. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm, t I'm telling them to talk to you. <laughs> well, you can always come talk to me. You can come talk to anyone at the campus ministry office. Our doors are always open, even virtually during this time. You can always drop Absolutely. us a message on our Facebook or send us an email. Uh, or call the office, and I believe Robert will be able to pick up, and he can connect you, or he can have a good conversation with you. Um, right. I guess closing out, do you have any, in general, do you have any words of encouragement for the students and the staff of Aquinas College right now? Um, this is a time of real um, frustration. There's so much fear. We've been going through a period of polarization, both in the country and in the church, for so many years now, and it's happening again in the context of this coronavirus. And I would say, especially during this Easter season, don't allow that spiritual infection, which separates, to infect us, that Social distancing does not mean we are distanced from any of our brothers or sisters. That's very good to hear. Thank you. Thank you again, Father Stan, for coming on today and sharing your story here on the Campus Ministry, AQ Campus Ministry podcast. And we also appreciate you doing your sermon and your in the gospel reading every Sunday right here on the AQ Campus Ministry podcast. And those come out every Sunday at midnight so you can hear the day so you can hear the Sunday readings and hear a sermon from our chaplain, Father Stan. Father Stan, thank you again. Thank you, Matthew.
Thanks for listening to this ANQ Campus Ministry podcast, a production of Aquinas College Grand Rapids, Department of Campus Ministry and Service Learning. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us. Leave us a good review and leave us five stars because that way more people can find this podcast and we can help grow this virtual ministry. Thanks so much for listening. Keep us in your prayers and be assured that you are in ours. For more from Aquinas College Campus Ministry, go to Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube and just search AQ Campus Ministry. Thank you.